Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Back again for another week down under with tennis. Um, we're joined this week by Luke again. So, hello Luke, how are you doing? Hello Charlie, I am good thanks, how are you? Not bad, just finished watching the uh, the absolute epic of the United Cup final, Zvera versus Herkaj, and if that's anything to look forward to for the Australian Open, um, I'm quite excited for the rest of this, uh, this Australian swing, I have to say. Um, so, obviously, um, last week we, we came off the back of um, ATP Brisbane and ATP Hong Kong. Um, some very, very good tennis, actually. I, I must say I was, from what I saw, I don't know if you managed to catch much of it, Luke, actually. Um, but, but, I mean, bits and pieces, to be honest, but obviously it's, it's very tough for me with the, uh, with the time zone um, and, you know, <laughs> having a full-time job, so I can't can't step too late at night um but you you actually went to two days didn't you so how how was it yeah no i was i was at the the international brisbane for for the tuesday and the saturday um saw some live snips of um quite a few guys actually and also went out around the practice courts early on in the week on the um on the brisbane international and it was just nice to see some live tennis again and and see the guys and to be honest i'm really really impressed from what i saw this week from a lot of the guys out there um uh, just from my background of watching a lot of tennis over the years, this has probably been one of the best first weeks back on tour that I've I've ever seen. Actually, um, just high quality tennis all round. Lots of matches won rather than lost. Um, only a couple of early round um, sort of duffings, if you will, where players either just didn't show up and compete, or or kind of put out low level performances with draws, so on and so forth. Um, all in all, really really positive and. Um, few key talking points i suppose um before we hand over to your recap is um nadal being back and seemingly minus the fact that he's now re-injured himself again um he was looking not too dissimilar from the raffer of old uh, i guess in his first two showings so that's some some really nice things to see um again hand over to you you seem to know more about his injury than me um yeah i I just saw that he's had a uh, a small muscular tear, I think, but it's not—it's not in the same place um, as his injury, which ruled him out last year. So, in his kind of statement, he seemed fairly positive or optimistic that he wouldn't be out for too long, um, but not in the right condition to play best of five. Um, so, hopefully, he's—he's he's not out for too long. But we'll see. Yeah, and I think I don't know if I'd said it on this podcast or just just amongst us lot, really. Um, I was wondering whether or not there was much point in Nadal even bothering with quick hard cores down under, whether or not he should just save himself the, the swing. There is an argument for that, but actually having seen him down in, um, well, I didn't see him live, but having seen the tennis that he was producing at, at the Brisbane International, his, um, oh, to be honest, it was, it was pretty good and he would have gone deep, I think, in, in the Aussie playing that way. It's just a shame that, that it's not going to happen now, but We'll see him back for for the swing after that back in Europe, I hope. And fingers crossed he's, he's ready and raring to go for that. Um, other talking points, I suppose. Uh, winners this week, we've got uh, Andre Rublev over in Hong Kong and we've got uh, Dimitrov in, in Brisbane. And nice to see Dimitrov back in the winner's circle again, playing very close to his, his peak level, I think, and uh, a real danger moving forwards. Um, I don't know if that changes your thoughts about him moving into the Aussie swing? 
No, I mean, well, we, we both picked him um, to win this week. So um, well done to both of us. Um, but I mean, my, my logic was that he, he looked really impressive at the end of last year. So I thought if, if he continues that that level, then he's, you know, he had a great chance of, of doing well this week and for the rest of the year. And it, it seems like he has. Um, so definitely, um, definitely be a dangerous name um, at the Aussie Open playing like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, he played Holger Runa in the final, winning in straight six and four, I think it ended up. Uh, Runa actually he got to the final, but wasn't even close to his best level, I didn't think, this week. Um, I don't know if it's a bit fast for him on these sort of quicker acrylic courts or, or something. But um, he obviously did very well making the final. Can't really <laughs> fault him too much. But I just never felt like he was he was totally at ease, like he sometimes looked on the clay. Uh, but I'm sure there are there are people out there who who may disagree with me on that. Uh, Hong Kong, I didn't really get to see much of. I was kind of taken uh, away by the Brisbane International. I know that Rublev had an absolute battle against Arthur Fees in one of the matches that was dubbed to be uh, probably the highest quality that that event put out. Um, and then Rusevori had another good week, I believe, as well. But I think these quick, uh, quicker hard courts are, are always likely to suit Rusevori. And I think it was even quicker over there in Asia than it was um, down under. So so that's sort of my, my breakdown of the week. Um, so potentially now, if you have that recap of how we did last week, Luke, we'll, we'll leave it to you for the next next couple of moments on that one. Sure. I'll, I'll just say, was, was there anyone else that caught your eye in Brisbane, of the people that you saw? Um, you mentioned Nadal and Dimitrov. Um, well, I was a bit surprised to see Kokonakis underperform the way he did. I was watching him on the uh, practice courts, looked really high intensity, really hitting the ball well. I think there's still more to come from him. This uh, Australian swing just off the back of, of the, I suppose, clean way he was striking the ball. Even in his defeat, it was still clean. It was just really, really poor match play, to be honest, against Hijikata to lose that one. Um, so, so keep your eye out for, for Kokinakis. I think he might be a bit of a danger. Um, Roman Safflin, he's the other one. was lucky enough to see him live um, uh, a couple of times, actually. Watched him on the outside court uh, against Arnaldi and um, watched him uh, or against Holger Runa in the semi. I think he's got a little bit of uh, what I'd refer to as centre court fever, where like it's it, he just doesn't look comfortable on, on the big courts yet. I think it'll come. He, he obviously choked in the final against Sasha Zverev um, in Chengdu last year. And uh, and playing on Pat Rafter, it just seemed a little bit much for him um, against Holger Runa. Once he settled into that second set, he was more than a match. And if anything, he, he looked the better player. But when push came to shove, his, his best serving, which is the most important thing for him, wasn't there. But I think Roman Safflin's another name to watch for the Aussie Open, especially in those early rounds as I'm with a nice draw, potentially tipping him to be a second weaker or, or a real challenge in an early round for a seed. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Good, good week for Sapphilin. Um, I'll get into my recap then. So I'll, I'll just explain kind of how we do it for um, those that are new or have kind of forgotten. Um, so for ev every kind of pick we put out, like an accumulator or something like that, we, we put a unit on it. That's how we kind of calculate wins and losses. Um, and then for our outright picks, um, we usually go half a unit each way. Or if it's short odds, like um, I think like four to one or less, we do um, just a unit outright. Um, so it's a loss if they get to the final. 
Um, but each way means that if, um, if they do get to the final, then you, you do get some profit um, usually. Um, but I'll, I'll start with our tips pass challenge, um, which we keep separate. It's just kind of an ongoing game between us two um, and the bookies as well. Um, so that's that's a bit of around evens that we put out each week. Um, and I took um, Klokanakis, who, as you mentioned, lost to um, uh, uh, his Jakarta in his round one. Um, so that was a loss for me, taking me to earn one. Um, and Charlie, you went for Karatsev, I believe, who um, retired in his match. Um, so that is void. Um, so yeah, so I'm not, um, I'm zero and zero. And and a funny thing about that, retirement, yeah, it must be a um, an odd one because it, he really must have been feeling something Karatsev and not just pulling out as we have seen from him before. Um, because he won the second set against Kubler and was looking like he was probably going to go on to win, and then he withdrew. So. Yeah. Very odd. God, yeah, must be must have been a quite a big problem. So we'll we'll see how he if he can recover in time for the Oz Aussie Open. Um, in terms of our picks, um, we did pretty well. My accumulator lost, um, but Charlie's treble won um, at odds of three point one six to one. Um, over on our Twitter account at Clutch Tennis Pod, um, we put out some tips on there. Um, so well done if you're following that and you took our tips because you you would have done well. Um, our round two acker came in at odds of five point seven five to one, so that's that's some really nice profit there. Um, we put out another one, just a double, but um, it was Umber I think withdrew before the match, um, but the other leg came in, so there was very small profit there of zero point five seven to one, um, and then we put something out for the semis as well, uh, which lost. In terms of our outrights, as as mentioned, um, we both took Dimitrov odds of four to one, so that's four units of profit. Um, and Charlie also took Rublev, um, who was the champion in Hong Kong, odds of thirteen to five, um, so that's two point six units of profit there. In terms of our other picks, um, Charlie took Safiulin, who made the semis, um, so not a bad pick there, but no profit. Um, I took Straff, who lost in the second round. And Charlie took Karatsev, who withdrew in his first round. So that one is void, uh, but it is minus one for Safilin and Struff. So overall for the week, we are up 12.08 units. So very good start to the year from us. Yeah, and once again, I mean, I say once again, the accumulators actually did quite well for us this week. But normally it's the outrights that pull us through. And um, once again, striking, striking hot with those straight off the bat. So really good mm. first week up. Um, and as I say, I think the fact that the tennis was high quality lends itself to good tips, really. Um, because yeah, it's much more easy to predict when players are playing close to their peak level and everyone's doing it, rather than when guys are playing three, four out of ten and potentially don't want to be there, so on and so forth. These lead-up weeks to the Aussie, these guys are trying to get match time. And you're going to see real fight and grit from guys who, who went out round one, I think, this week. Um, because they need they need matches. They can't go into a best of five on the quick courts down in uh, Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time with with an hour and a half's match time, having lost four sets in a row. That's not that's not where they want to be. So I think you're still going to get that good motivation at this time of the year, and it really does make it a bit more secure, which is great. 
Um, so moving on to this week, uh, we've got a couple of uh, ATP events. Once again, the ATP Tour deciding to split the events between one Australian and one non-Australian. Um, we've got ATP Auckland and uh, I believe it's ATP Adelaide, uh, which is actually funnily one of the only cities in uh, Australia I've not been to. Um, so, so yeah, looking at these fields, they're much, much weaker than, than the first week, which I do think makes it a bit more of a jumble sale, but, uh, still should be good to watch, I think. Um, so we'll get on to our same as we did last week. We'll talk about our, our tips. Uh, so our accumulators, our outrides and our wildcards for the week. Uh, and as you've already done, that's just, um, a selection of matches put together in one accumulator. An outright, which is who we think wins the events, and a wild card, which is one person from either event potentially at longer odds to to do something unexpected, potentially win the event. Um, and uh, just a bit of lowdown on the on the court. I believe Adelaide is the same surface as they use um, in uh, in the Queensland Tennis Centre, so the same as Brisbane International. I think therefore you can expect moderate fast where it's going to do quite well for guys who who are playing off the front foot, but also those who are keen to move forwards. Um, as for um, the New Zealand event, uh, I, I'm not totally sure. I think that tends to play slightly slower. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see about that one. But I'm not I've not got too much lowdown on the court pace there. Um, well, um, if if I may interject, um, I don't I don't know if you saw, but Jack actually sent us a thing about court pace index. So I thought I'd just just mention yeah, yeah, that. Um, I haven't seen that. No. So um, so yeah, this takes into account. I think it's more about kind of first serve points one, um, sort of hold percentage aces. Um, you know, indicating that if there's if it's better serving conditions, then the, the courts are faster. Um, so this is based off uh, last year and the year before. Adelaide um, was tenth overall, so the tenth fastest. Um, tournament in that time period um and auckland was 18th um and kind of for for comparison the australian open was was 26 um yeah. so i think we can expect kind of kind of fast conditions this week um i can't actually see i can't actually see brisbane on this list i, I don't think it was an event last year was it i was going to say that's because brisbane's been inactive for about five years now so yeah um, so yeah, as you said, I think we can expect kind of moderately quick uh, conditions at, at both events this week. Yeah, sweet. Um, so that's going to be going to be exciting. I think I like the quicker courts. I'm surprised that the Australian Open is quite so far down. I know it's a bit slower, but I didn't realise it was quite that that slow compared to these ones. Um, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get cracking. Um, so I'll I'll just lead out into my uh, my accumulator because once again I've gone quite small. I've gone for a, a simple treble. And I wasn't 100% sold on um, on the picks again this week just because it is a little bit more sparse with the player names. Uh, and there's a few guys still in qualies at the moment as well, which doesn't help. But um, I've gone for a treble. I've gone for Arthur Fees to beat Richard Gasquet, 4-9. Uh, I think that's a matchup where you expect Gasquet to be able to hit through some players on these quicker courts uh, with that really, really nice, um, clean one-hander that he has. Uh, his forehand does quite well at actually absorbing that kind of pace on the quicker courts. Um, we've seen him do quite well on, on quicker grass and, and some of the courts indoors as well. Um, but I, I really like Fees and his physicality that he brings. 
I think he's going to make Gasquet have to move a lot. I think he's going to play a lot of different types of shots. So some angles, some some short balls, drop shots, uh, some deeper ones. And I think that he has the athleticism to to retrieve well enough to to put Gasquet on the back foot. And if that's made into a physical match where where it's either brutalist hitting or or kind of ability to make that one extra ball, Arthur Fees comes out of that every time. Uh, he's looking good, as I say. Took Rublev to three sets last week in Hong Kong, and he had a really good back end to the year last year. I think he's an up and comer for sure, and I I really like him at four to nine there. Actually, I was expecting it to be more like one to three, one to four. So I I don't hate that price. Um, French versus French is always a bit interesting, but but I I do think Arthur Fees probably wins that one. Um, then I've got uh, a rematch of round one in Brisbane. I've got Arnaldi to beat Fuksovic at four to five. Really impressed with what I saw from Arnaldi this week. Um, his his ability to to play on the front foot actually, which I've never seen from him before. Big serving, um, really taking his forehand into the open space as well, um, and his grit and determination over over three sets and in tie breaks and in close moments is. It's just incredible. Like we, you get a break point. Um, he sorry, he gets a break point, and it's like you really fear serving against him because if that return comes back, you know you're going to have to hit 25 shots to win that point and save break point. And that's what Fuksovic fell down against him, eventually falling seven five in the third in round one. And I would be the price is four to five. I, I think it's going to be another close match, but I think that's that's underpriced actually. I think that Arnaldi should be slightly firmer favourite, maybe, uh, I don't know, one to two, maybe something around there. I think he's just going to have the edge in this kind of matchup every day of the week. Um, only danger is if Fuxovic moves forward a bit better. But um, but I, I really do like Arnaldi there, and I think that's another horrible draw for Fuxovic. Um, And then my third leg, as I said earlier, I think he's still one to watch. Um, I actually caught a glimpse of him when I was watching the Australian Basketball League the other day because he was out there watching the Melbourne um, matches. I don't know why, um, but I think Kokinakis. Uh, he's got Dusan Lajevic up first. I do think this is a tricky match because Lajevic can be very dangerous on faster courts. Um, I think his one-hand is actually pretty lethal when he when he commits to it. Um, but I think Kokinakis, once again, the physicality should get him through this. He should be able to hit bigger, get more cheap points behind his serve, and should craft breakpoint chances on somebody with a serve like Lajevic. I know we said this about Hijikata last week, but that was a really off performance. I'm willing to take him again and say 8 to 15 on Kokonakis here is probably just, just on the side of value. So I'm going to go Artafiz, 4 to 9, or Fields. I'm not really sure how you pronounce that name. Uh, Arnaldi, 4 to 5. It is fees, okay. Uh, Arnaldi yeah. four to five, and Kokonakis eight to fifteen, and the whole thing comes in at two point nine eight to one. I'm then going to go ahead and just say that let's take Arnaldi as our. Um, actually, no, I'm not. Sorry, that's a huge lie. Uh, I'm going to take Arta fees as um, my handicap and my tips are passed there for for the week. And his handicap is if I can find it anywhere. I'm struggling to find it anywhere actually. Where is it? Oh, I don't seem to have it. Um, I don't know if you can see that, Luke, at all. But um, no. Well, why don't you have a look, and I'll I'll go through my accumulator. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, you you go ahead, and I'll fill you in as soon as I find it. Cool. Um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll get straight into mine then. Um, I've also taken Artifice uh, to beat Richard Gasquet um, at 4-9 to nine over in Auckland. As you said, good week last week. Um, lost in uh, a close-ish three-setter um, to Riblev in, in the quarters over in uh, Hong Kong. Um, and Gasquet, um, at this stage of his career, whilst his, his ball striking is still exceptional, um, it's his movement that gets exploited, I think, by... Um, by the the better players, um, and I think Feast, um, given his kind of counter punching game style, will be able to do that really well, um, particularly on these these faster courts. Um, so yeah, I like that price there, four to nine. Um, also over in Auckland, I've taken Marcus Giron to beat uh, Daniel Altmaier at four to seven. Um, Giron's just one of those guys that seems to to like the the quicker hard courts, um, does well this time of year usually. Also. Um, kind of just in the US swing just before the US Open. Um, Altmaier, on the other hand, uh, much prefers the slow stuff as he takes um, such big swings. So I just think in these conditions, Giron will be able to rush him. Um, and my final pick, um, only gone for a trouble this week, um, taking Dan Evans um, to beat uh, Rinky Hijikata at Evans over in Adelaide. Uh, going against Hijikata for the second time in two weeks. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think the, these odds are, are too good to turn down, really. I'm, I'm very surprised Evans is not favourite here because when he's on, I, I don't like saying this, but he's, he's just a different calibre of player, um, someone like Hijikata. I mean, on the ATP Tour, anyone can be anyone. Um, you know, that that's why most matches you don't get, you know, 1 to 25 unless it's like Alcaraz or something. Um, Evans also coming off the back of a calf injury, but that was a long time ago. Um, I, I doubt he'd kind of, you know, take to the court this week if he wasn't fully recovered. He, he's, you know, he's, he's had a long time to do so. Um, so maybe maybe that's why the, the price is so generous here. Hijikata also did quite well last week, uh, beat Kokonakis, as you said, um, in the first round in straights. Um, but yeah, I'm just not sure um, how Hijikata is going to trouble Evans here. Um, I think you mentioned he'd been playing very aggressively um, when you saw him. Is that is that true? Yeah, so I watched the whole of the Kokonakis match, actually. And um, I don't know if it was something just because he knows the Kokonakis game very well, but he was really going big on his serves and really hitting into the forehand wing very hard. Um which was impressive to see. I think it's impressive of all these top guys, actually. When you watch them, they can all do that. Some of them don't because it's not their game style and they want to win a different way, and that's how they how they win their matches. But they can all hit that big shot and play aggressively. And Hijikata really surprised me because, yeah, he was playing so aggressively um, against Kokonakis. Um, I do actually think that that probably plays into Evans' hands a little bit if he does that, because Evans is very good at absorbing that pace and then dipping a nice slice down to your feet or something. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from with this one. Yeah, but I was, yeah, I was, I was going to say that if he does play aggressively like that again, then that, that would play into Evans' hands. He's a very, very good counter-puncher. Um, and he, he always does well at this time of year. Um, over in Australia, seems to really like the, the faster conditions there. Um, you know, suits his slice. Um, he's still able to, to get a a good amount of balls back due to due to his speed around the court. Um, so yeah, this 
a bit of a risky pick, um, but I thought um, there wasn't that much value around in these round ones. So I thought I'd go for, you know, someone that's slight underdog that I think um, should be favourite. Um, so that's my treble. I've got Feast to beat Gasquet at four to nine, Giron to beat Altmaier at four to seven, and Evans to beat Hijikata at evens. Um, so that treble comes in at 3.53 to one. And my tips pass um, will be Evans to beat Hijikata. Yep, nice. Uh, just jumping in with my tips pass, I have found it now. It's minus 3.5 on uh, Game Handicap for Arthur Feast. Um, now, just jumping in about the, the Evans pick, because I looked at this as well, and I agree with you, he probably should be favourite on paper. Um, but I want to sort of foreshadow one of the future podcasts that we are planning to make, which is sort of our, our general premises that we think about when we're putting together an accumulator and, and a bet sort of just in general. Um, and uh, one of the premises I think that I would always stand by is first match back from injury. I I know I went against this last week in the tile, but that was because I had actually seen it. Or I'd, I'd seen a video that my friend had taken live and I'd got some insider info onto how he was playing. Um, but one of the things I do try and avoid is taking somebody first match back after injury, whether it be just a couple of weeks out or whether it be a long period out. I don't love doing it. and um, I'm not one to sort of take the bookies sort of odds into equation with this, but I do fear that there may be some intel just on how he's moving or how he's feeling or something um, as to why he might be underdog. Because as as you say, at his better level, he was in a run of form. I would be surprised to see this match at something other than maybe one to four. (laughs) Like that's the kind of level of one sided that I would expect this to be. So you are right. It's one hundred percent because of the injury that the price is where it's at. So it's a risk, but we'll see. It might well pay off. Um, so mm. then, looking, uh, I don't know if you agree with what I've just said there. No, I, I do agree, and it's it's a generally a, a principle that I um, take as well. Um, I, I think that's it's more. I'm more worried for kind of big events where players are just kind of turning up to because it's a big event and they want to they want to at least try or to to kind of take take the money um but i think a a smaller event like this it's it's less likely um but i mean yeah we'll we'll see um yeah it yeah Yeah. i I admitted it it is risky but we'll see again not to digress too much but that's another great point you make that um when you see some of these potentially like challenger names who are traditionally clay quarters and they they've snuck in on ranking just into like the uh, the the main draw of like the Aussie Open or something, just just steer clear of them because you you have no idea what's going to show up. They might turn up and be like one hundred percent committed to the event and have trained on hard courts, or they might be there as you say to take the paycheck. It's so difficult to know. So so yeah, I do think that they're always a bit of a danger. Um, okay, on to our outrights and wildcards to finish off then. Um, so just looking through the through the events, um, top seeds uh, in Auckland, we're looking at Alger Aliasim, Shelton, Norrie, Artifis, uh, Monfils and Bautista Goo sort of taking up the uh, top six names in the betting. And then uh, in, oh, sorry, do excuse me, in Auckland, uh, we're looking, oh, where, ooh, have they disappeared? No, they are here. No, sorry, that was Auckland, sorry. Um, in Adelaide, 
we're looking at ah there we go uh Korda, paul jerry bublik kechmanovic and sinego making up the top six names there um i think both of these are very very open we're just looking at it it's roughly five to one as the favorite on algerale team and quarter on on both events pretty much so it's it's pretty pretty sparse now i'm just going to look at these names I'm just going to say straight off the bat that I really like the look of Tommy Paul outright in Adelaide. We've all said that we think he's going to have a good year. And I do like him on these slightly quicker courts where he can counter punch a bit better. Um, I do think he's got a good enough serve to hold up on them as well. Um, so I, I don't I don't dislike the look of a look of a Tommy Paul run this week uh, in Adelaide. And then Auckland, I'm going to go ahead and take Ben Shelton, I think. Um, six to one. It's a good price. He had a bit of a duffer against Safalin, but that's a really tough first match of the year. Um, I think, given the benefit of the doubt, marginally slower court, I would say, over in Auckland, potentially than what he played on this week. Uh, his serve should get him through um, the early rounds, and then who knows when he gets on a bit of a run. I expect him to be able to to really push on. Uh, so, so I'll take Shelton there, and then for my wild card, I. I think I'm I'm kind of torn actually. Just kind of looking at it right now. Um, I think I'm going to take Arthur Fees. Um, that event, just looking through the names, like I say, Norrie's been out of sorts. Who knows what Montfees is going to show up? Uh, Bautista Agu's not been himself for a while. How's your alley seem? Same question. Like somebody who is tried and tested is Arthur Fees. So I think it might be a good week for him again. Uh, so I'm going to take my wild card as him at 15 to 2. Yeah, nice. Uh, what were your odds on Paul? Uh, okay. Uh, hold five. Well, I've, I've got I've got 11 to 2. So should we go um, with that? I've got 11 to 2 as well, yeah. Cool. Um, he's also going to be my outright um, open Adelaide, 11 to 2. Um, I, I think he's, he's in quite a nice half of the draw as well. Um, got Massetti's the the highest seed who um I do not think will do well in these conditions um and was, was playing some poor stuff at the end of last year um yeah I mean Bublik if, if he turns up could could be difficult um same as someone like Dan Evans um or Jack Draper's also in that section um but I I do back, back Paul to to certainly get to the final from there and then um yeah, not a lot of other names in the other half uh, half of the draw, to be honest. Is it, um, is it possible that Jack Draper's pulled out because his name isn't on this outright list? I, I think what's happened is um, he was he was initially in the qualifying. Um, but I think someone pulled out, so he got put into the main draw instead. It's, it's, right. it's a bit weird. I'm, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Um, see, he, he was initially down to play. Uh, McCabe in qualities, but then he's he's been moved to the main draw. Um, so I, I assume that's why his his price is not available at the moment. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, um, obviously made made the semis at Aussie Open last year, um, so we know he's he's good in these conditions, um, and also a lot of points to defend. So I'll be keen on on getting a strong week this week to kind of alleviate that that pressure. Um, so yeah, taking Paul each way there. Auckland, um, I'm going to take Cam Norrie at 11 to two. Um, Looked like he's playing some some decent stuff in the United Cup. Um, beat Alex Demonor in a tight match. 
um, which given Demonor's form for the rest of the week, um, looks like a very good win now. Um, played this event quite a lot, um, obviously having uh, some Kiwi heritage. Um, and yeah, there's there's not a lot of other other big names in this draw um, in the opposite half to, to Shelton. Um, the, the one kind of red flag I have with Shelton at the moment is why I didn't take him is I've heard that he's changed his technique on his forehand slightly. Um, so I'm, I'm always wary of, of taking a player, um, particularly for the first few weeks after that's happened. Um, I know he's obviously had an off season to work at it, um, but it's a different thing kind of putting that into practice um, in ATP matches. As you know, as, as we all know as, as players, it, it takes time for a technical change to, to become kind of automatic in a match. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Norrie there at 11 to two. Um, and my wild card is going to be back in Adelaide. Um, it's actually your man, uh, Matteo Arnaldi. Um, as I said before, there's, there's not a lot of big, big names in this draw. Um, obviously a, a tough one in Fuksovic, um, but I, I think he'll get through. Um, then he'd have, uh, Nicholas Jarry, again, tough, but not unwinnable. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, and I think he's he's going to be tough to beat. And 22 to 1, um, I think is very generous odds. And, and as soon as he wins his first one, um, you, you won't get prices like that again. Um, so yeah, Paul 11 to 2 each way. Um, Norrie 11 to 2 each way. And wildcard Alnaldi 22 to 1 each way my picks yeah you're not wrong because you're looking at 250 50s there or not 50 maybe 60 40 then a 50 50 in um books mm. uh, and then jerry and i'd say once he clears those you're not far off the final to be honest so great odds um yeah yeah um i i agree with that i'm not sure about nori but we'll see what year he's he's got in store for us hopefully he picks it up a little bit um so that's kind of um kind of everything for this week like I always say, and like you always say, keep up with the uh, the Twitter at Clutch Tennis Pod, um, where we'll be uh, posting frequently this week with um, in-play tips, accumulators, tips for the day, so on and so forth. Um, and like like we did last week, they came in pretty good. So often they are are good insights, I'd say. Um, and, and any final thoughts that you want to add, Luke? Um, not really. Just just follow the follow the Twitter if you don't already, as Charlie said. Um, particularly as uh, the following week, you're going to the Aussie Open, um, so hopefully you might be able to provide some some videos for us um, from from court yeah, side, which would be pretty cool. I'll have videos and live sort of surface updates and so on and so forth. So it should be should be pretty good. Um, so yeah, definitely give that Clutch Tennis Pod a follow. Um, so thank you again for joining us this week, Luke. Thank you, Charlie. And uh, we'll be back again. It is the next one, the Aussie Open. Is that where we're at? Yep. Yep. Comes around quick. We'll back again for the, yeah, we'll be back again for the next slam then next week. So thanks for listening and best of luck if you're having a punt this week.